Doug and Marty versus the World is sponsored and paid for by Marty McClendon, Doug Bassler, and EasyTVSpots.com. Round one, go. Can you actually believe that it's March 5th, brother? It's March 5th. Where has the where has the year gone? It's gone already. I mean, we might as well just get ready for Christmas. That's all I got to say. Uh, Well, I agree. Now, so obviously, this this is is Doug Bassler. Yes, and and Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world, brother. Yesterday was March fourth. We're supposed to march fourth into the year. I'm already marching. Today, March fifth, right? Come on, brother. It's you know, at the end of this month, the first quarter of 2022 will be over. Did you did you know that? Wow. I did. I have so, a question for you because I know yeah. you've been crazy busy. You're running for office. You're doing sure. the radio. You have your family, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it, of course, this year has quite the momentum. Yeah. But I read it in Reader's Digest just yesterday. Just that, yesterday. You know, just yesterday. That over the last, I mean, basically a couple hundred years of America, as they've been tracking, March is historically the least productive month. Uh, of all the months. And I, I'm like, well, if we're having productive already, just wait to what the rest of the year will hold. What do you think? Huh? Yeah, I think it's going to be a great year in a lot of ways, but I also think it's going to be a challenging year as well. And so, um, you know, like we said last week, <laughs> uh, the Republicans have had a, a history of snatching defeat out of the jaws of victory. <laughs> And so we can't take anything for granted. Um, nope. I feel like the I feel like the other side, the the Biden side, the Inslee side, they're on the ropes and they know it, right? Okay, mm-hmm. so we're having all these mask mandates and vax things are are they're all of a sudden they're going to go away because magically the science changed when the polling happened and they found out they were going to get their butts handed to them at the at the polls, but they're they're wily brother. They're yes, they are. sneaky and they make up lies and they do all that bad stuff because the devil is the father of lies. And mm-hmm. so we're um, basically dealing with a very slick element. So I, I spent many years as a young man, as a lifeguard. Okay. If the one thing, you know, a drowning person is a very dangerous person. Yes. Uh, you have to be careful. But a wounded bear. Yeah. A wounded bear. They'll bring you down with them. And so if they're on the ropes, they're like a bit animal, if you will. Um, watch out, but they won't pull any punches, if you will. They're not going to be playing fair, and they never really do anyway. So be aware. And the other old adage, my dad used to always say, if you have to get in a fight and you have to hit them, keep doing it. Right? The point is, is it's like, don't let them up. And so our job this year is to make sure that we communicate clearly and decisively, and we keep on going. We win going away, if you will. Uh, I, I, so I think of, you reminded me of the movie Ender's Game and the book Ender's Game. Yes. And Ender was this little, uh, you know, they, they basically had children that were fighting uh, battles against these aliens because they had to travel these long distances. And so by the time they got wherever, because it was outer space stuff, right? They mm-hmm. got there, then they would be middle-aged or whatever. But Ender... Uh, got in a fight. He was in the academy or whatever they're training him. And he just kept pounding this guy and and put him in the hospital. And they go, why did you keep hitting him after 
he was down and he said, because I didn't want to just win this fight. I wanted to win this fight and the next fight and the next fight and the next fight. Uh, in other words, exactly right. I never want to have to fight this guy again. And, and so we, you know, we as Christians, we're nice, you know, we're nice people. We like to forgive and we like to do that kind of stuff, but there are times in the Bible where he said, wipe them out. Yes. They're done. Yes. There's times you in know, the Bible when, you know, when Pharaoh and his army decided they were going to follow Israel through the Red Sea. That was a mistake they made. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, I heard a, I heard a pastor saying last week about how God's deliverance turned into somebody else's judgment because the Israelis walked through on dry ground. But when the, when Pharaoh and his army tried it, they were no more. That's good. They're gone. So I want to, I want to comment on that. I know we have guests and we'll get there, but you mentioned something there about Christians being nice. That, I don't show me where that's in the Bible. And it's really not. We bought into this idea that we've got to be meek and well, we love, and nice. we love, love though. Love God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son who had died on the cross, right? Love comes to a point where we speak the truth in love, where we can, there's conviction, there's correction with love. He just it doesn't uh, spare the rod, spare the child, rush by the child, right? The a whole idea here is we've kind of softened the idea of Christians. We're supposed to be warriors. We're supposed to be taking ground. We're supposed to be destroying the works of the devil. You know, that that is not nice when you're talking about destroying, right? Tearing down, speaking truth, uh, exposing lies for what they are. And it's interesting because we also, so when you when when we see what the enemy does, it twists, right? Twists this idea of what we're supposed to be, not not involved. The church isn't supposed to get involved in politics. We're supposed to be nice. We're supposed to, to not take things. We're you know, on and on and on. Or we're supposed to be tolerant because that's the way we're showing love. That's not love. Allowing people to stay where they're where they're far from God is not love. Right? That's right. Telling you know, the so, truth, telling the truth is not is not telling the truth. They say that's hate or whatever, but it's not. Right. It's love. Right? right. If you tell if you tell somebody, you know, tell the kids not don't play in the freeway, right? Because you're gonna get right. killed and and, or, or, well, you know, that's mean. You should let the kids play in the freeway, you know? Um, right. No, that's not mean. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, David took down Goliath. Was that loving? Yeah, yeah it was loving because he was protecting his family and mm -hmm. he was protecting his friends and his nation and everything else, yep. right? So you, you know, define love, right? The Bible says, Paul said in the Bible, that if you don't take care of your family, you're worse than an unbliever. Right. 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 And right. so, so do you leave your front door unlocked and let people come in and take all your stuff or, or hurt or in, injure your, your family, your children, uh, because no. you want to be loving, you know? So I think we should close the border. I think we should um, defend the weak and the powerless. And I think that we should keep criminals in jail, brother, not let them out because we think, you know, Anyway, so, brother, don't that, get me you know, going. I, I, I'm going to get you going here. I know you have guests, <laughs> but I will say this. Say this again. You, you mentioned the border. Just I know you're being a little bit tongue in cheek, but think about this. By closing the border, the, the left is called that racist, whatever it may be, some kind of mean and controlling. It's not. When you control the border, you allow people to come in safely. They're not subject to these these cartels that bring them in underground uh, through gang rape, through uh, uh, basically slave labor or uh, serious. You are protecting them. You're protecting American citizens from those that we don't know who are here. And in many ways, it is much, much more loving to have a secure border and to, to deal with the issues where they are versus allowing this illegal 
uh, crossing and illegal tra- trafficking and drugs to come across our border. And you know, so, and, and yeah. the devil is is sneaky. He makes mm-hmm. arguments. Well, you're not, you don't care about those poor people and this and that. But you know, I was I was listening to the news earlier today, and they were talking about how they they got this little group of 13 and 14 year old boys that have been sex trafficked, right? And <sighs> so, you know, this is like this is wickedness. This is it's wrong, yep. and um, and we're against it. Just so, just to be on the record, 100 <laughs> you know, percent against it. <laughs> we're against it, and. Um, the Bible also says there's a time for peace and there's a time for war and there's a time to fight and we need to, we need to de- be defense. Now, this is an interesting verse in the Bible. Um, after Israel took over the land in the book of Judges, it says that God left a few nations in there so that the succeeding generations could learn war. Yes. He wanted them yeah. to learn war. We're called right. warriors. We put, you know, if we're not supposed to be at war, why did he give us armor? Right. You know, you don't, you don't have, you don't put on armor to make a pizza. You don't put on Im- armor to go work on the car, brother. Biblically, how important is the land, <laughs> the, the restoration of the nation of Israel, um, the rest of the land that he would defend, the people were allotted a piece of land where they fought for nations. There was angels over nations. You know, God believes in this, right? Gives an example of it. So you're right. But the warring made them stronger and depend on God, right? Find obedience and trusting in him, right? For the victory, right? So that's good. I love it. Well, I, I want to bring our guests in. Um, I I have been hanging out with these guys for the last couple of years, and I've known uh, one of the guests for probably 10 years, and we've worked together on numerous evangelistic outreaches. We've done open air meetings. We've done tent meetings. Um, we've done, we've gone and done church stuff. And, but these guys are Ukrainians, uh, Ukrainian Americans. They came in correctly through the border. They mm-hmm. were born in Ukraine, but they uh, emigrated to the United States. And now they are un- American citizens. And, and uh, first awesome. of all, is Anatoly Petrick. He actually lives in the ninth congressional district and can vote for me and give me money. And, well, anybody can give me money. But uh, <laughs> nice. Anatoly is here. He is uh, also uh, has an amazing tent revival ministry. They're having, getting ready to have a huge revival. Our people that are listening to the program down in Vancouver, Washington, and that's going to be uh, coming up in a couple of weeks. Here yeah. in the middle of March. What's the dates on that one? March 19th through 27th. 19th through the 27th. And you can find out about that by going to tentrevivalusa.com. And our other uh, guest is uh, Vitaly Vitokin. Uh, Picotin. Picotin. Um, yeah, you know, the thing I love about the Ukrainian names is everybody gets to mess them up, you know, equ- <laughs> equally. And so I'll let, I'll let uh, Marty do that next time. But, um, you know, obviously... But uh, Vitali and in Anatoly, you know, we are we're seeing something going on in the Ukraine right now. And you guys have family there. You have friends that live there. And so what give us your perspective. What is what is happening in the Ukraine as of the recording of this radio show? Vitali, you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you just talk a little bit? Give us uh, a picture of what's going on in Ukraine right now. I'm trying to find the correct words because I was there a month ago and I took my son, firstborn son, who was born here. I have five kids, all U.S. citizens, been born here. So I had a dream to bring my kids to Ukraine 
and to show them the land where I was born. And my grandfather, he's still alive. He's 93 years old. So my dream was to bring some of my kids under the hands of my grandfather, who was a pastor uh, of a local church over there for 30 years. And, uh, you know, it's, he's like a patriarch. Uh, and uh, my dream uh, was fulfilled a month ago when I took my uh, 20 years old son, Julian, into Ukraine and he met his grand-grandfather and uh, his heart changed. He stood on his knees and the fa and grandfather laid down hands and prayed for him. So it was really like an emotional moment. So my son, he saw peaceful and uh freedom on the streets of the country of Ukraine. He saw the ministry where his father involved me. I'm involved for 15 years, ministry for orphans. It's called Agape Ministry. We preach in the gospel lesson of Bible into the government orphanages. That's what we used to do until now. So I'm so grateful for the freedom that Soviet Union fell apart. And finally, freedom came to uh, our countries, post-Soviet uh, republics, as well into Ukraine. And uh, everyone who visited Ukraine can admit and tell you that Ukraine had most uh, freedom you can imagine all over the world, probably. There was so much freedom to preach gospel, to start any mission, any work. Um, there were lots of American missionaries uh, in different regions of Ukraine. I met them in my last trip as well. So I can imagine that God allowed me uh, to have this trip. And uh, when I was there, I was talking to my relatives about uh, uh, like putting uh, intentions. I said, I think he's just joking. I think he's trying to get some uh, scores for himself. Uh, I don't think the war will happen, and uh, uh, but I was mistaken, and it's really happened, and the real war is going on. Now I'm sitting on the phone with my relatives who are hiding in the bomb shells, and uh, our ministers uh, in from Agape Ministry helping to save uh, newly born uh, babies uh, from hospitals, helping local hospitals, uh, hiding babies in uh, basements, not even bomb shells. You can't call it bomb shells. It's uh, basements, not equipped properly, no air ventilation, no medical equipment, no water, no light, just candles. You can imagine what we see right now. Uh, I think I saw in the most uh, like horrible movies some things, and this is what's happening right now in the center of Europe. Ukraine is the largest country by the territory in Europe, and this is happening right now in the center of Europe in Ukraine. You cannot believe that civilized world allowing this to happen right now. So a quick question for you, Vitaly. I, I know yes. that you know the, the dissolution of the, Euro, uh, the Soviet Union was 1991. So we've got about uh, what 32 years now of uh, Ukraine being free again. Uh, I'm sure your, yeah, your parent and your grandparents understood what it lived under the communist uh, Russia. You know, um, 
And so I, I, we see all the reports and all in TV news about uh, Ukrainian citizens fighting to save their nation. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of that where you heard about it and your parents heard about it or knew about it, um, that what's coming if Russia prevails, right? This war is not for the territory. What they see with the physical eyes and what they proclaim, like Putin, he is the uh, savior of the post-Soviet republics, uh, like trying to keep them protected from NATO invasion. This is all lie. You know, what they see, uh, by, like I said, by physical eyes, we need to look on this by, with spiritual eyes because this war is the ideological war that's like two different worlds it's like two different brothers in bible like cain mm -hmm. and abel you know there's like two nations living next to each other but they have different purposes and uh, what i can say about the ukraine you can google and research ukraine was never involved in any wars for 30 years of its independence never was involved in any conflicts, had never terror attacks inside or outside. And you can compare our neighbor, uh, Russian Federation. It was involved against all her neighbors, uh, all its neighbors, uh, Georgia, uh, bombing its own uh, uh, republic, like a Chechen Republic twice, being destroyed by uh, Russian government. It was fighting against uh, Moldova, was fighting right now against Ukraine. So Ukraine, Russia is always has like bloody history. So why I'm saying that, that after the Soviet Union, we had no wars, no conflicts with our neighbors. And we were looking for the freedom. We were freedom seekers and uh, Ukrainian nation, I mean. And uh, Russians, they always were looking for the Tsar. They need like emperor, they need a ruler, you know. They always need to be under some strong fist. And that's a different mentality. And like I said, why it's an ideological war that we experience enough persecution and millions of Ukrainians lay down their bones in concentration camps in Siberia. Uh, my grandfather, he was a pastor, another, another grandfather. He, I have two uh, grandfathers they both pastors so and uh, my mom's father he was a pastor of the small he didn't even call himself a pastor he was a minister for the uh, local home uh, underground uh, bible group at his home so they were hiding behind the curtains in evenings and nights without lights just candles and reading the bible praying together and he was caged by kgb and they sent him for 10 years to prison in Russia, in Siberia, called Siberia. But by God's grace, he survived. And he returned home. I was born and I grown up on his stories how horrible is communism and socialism, how bloody this regime is. And that's how I was growing up on these stories. And uh, I didn't know that after I will go to school, I will be treated as the grandchild of enemy of state just because my father, he was looking for the freedom of religion, freedom of assembly, and they put him in jail for 10 years and his wife grown up 
three kids for 10 years faithfully without her husband. And that's how I grown up on these stories, how horrible communism is. And I was persecuted at school. Uh, principal can put me in front of the school in the sport gym and point fingers on me. Or even uh, when I don't want to be a part of the communist party, uh, in the beginning, a grade, first grades, you need to wear a red tie, like in North Korea or China, they still do this until now. So that's how the communist uh, kids were grown up, that you need to be a pioneer first to wear this red sign on your uh, neck. So, and the teachers, they can put you next to the wall and press your chest with their knees and to tie this uh hang to hang handkerchief, handkerchief you yes uh with this scarf red scarf uh so you can't even breathe and that's how we've been fighting against this demonic antichrist uh spirit of communism that killed a million people under communist agenda all over the world like korea north korea Right. Uh, China, Soviet Union, Cuba, Venezuela. Uh, you tell me, you know. And so that's how I actually, uh, I see the, my purpose here in the United States that God sent us here to be right now those uh, speakers against a uh, communist agenda or socialism, even, you know, because we experienced this uh, enough under the Soviet Union uh time uh, or even captivity ukraine was for 70 years so it's horrible so that's what i see that this spirit is resurrecting through the uh, right. former kgb officer putin there is no former he is a deeply communist and so i believe this is demonic that's what he's doing now i want to stay on topic here this is this is really good but i love the fact that you said it, it's a spiritual and it's an economic and it's these two world ideologies so we're seeing that play out here in america there it's weapons people are losing their lives and there's an advancing army here we're being played out through our political arena economics and so forth but it's the same thing freedom christianity versus communism and tyranny in the same ways, and, and what you said about the fact that they put your knee on your chest so you couldn't breathe with a scarf, think about the correlation to what we just went through the last two years of making our kids wear a mask. You know, it just it seems so eerily uh, similar in, in so some ways. And, and not to diminish what's going on in Ukraine right now wow. because we're not facing bombs, wow. In, but wow. It, it you're seems so right, Marty. You're so right. That's such great parallel that you just catch that's what actually uh, you can see yourself i am from that other part of the world that i'm telling you from my heart uh, what i experienced and uh, that's what we experienced right now for the last two years this is so similar and uh, this is really ideology from uh, uh, from a devil i'm telling you and and to, i'll finish this and i'll have doug go and anatoly as well but this is something where the fear thing, where those some of those people, like you said, in Russia, um, they need a strong hand, a dictator, someone to tell them what to do because they're in that, they've been a condition to that. We have in our America, we have what, a third or a quarter or whatever of the nation that want to keep on wearing masks. They're afraid of people 
pulling their masks off. They're afraid of being around other people because they've been conditioned to believe that. It's almost like they need that that strong government, if you will. So that's uh, interesting. And it's a, you know, we're, we're dealing with a, a, a different a, a different methodology, but if you look at the original takeover of both uh, like uh, Germany during the Nazi reign, and you look at what happened in the, the Russian revolution in uh, 1918 and stuff like that, many of these things, they're, they're liars. Yes. They, they, they lie. They tell you, yes. they promise you all this wonderful, you're, you know, like this guy that said here last year, you're going to have nothing and love it, you know, and yet, um, Anatoly, when you were, you were a kid, you grew up under this, when you had nothing, did you love it? No. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like? What was it like, like getting a pair of shoes? I was actually very happy when you get a pair of shoes because and how often would you get a pair of shoes in, in ukraine under under the soviets oh you get once a year and, and we well you don't even get once a year you you can't even go to the store and buy shoes you have to really know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody right and then you yes you have a big bribe and then cost of the shoes and then you get the shoes so um you know shoes was a big deal but anyway i just want to go back a little bit about ukraine and uh, in why all of this is happening um ukraine really was the especially the western ukraine the or even the, the city where i come from uh, we had very active uh, christian movement throughout all of the years of soviet union there were more more Christians in Rivne in this Western Ukraine than uh, in all of the whole Ukraine put together. More Christians there than more in the whole Soviet Union. <clears throat> and so throughout 60s and 70s, um, people who were inspired uh, to serve God, they would just go to Russia and they would preach the gospel, you know, on the yes. tra train stations, bus stations, and they would organize churches. And so Russia was mainly evangelized by Ukrainian missionaries. Amen. And um, many of them were caught and sent to Siberia to serve time. And many of them died there. We don't even know their names. And um, looking at Russia's uh, Russian Christian population right now, more than 75%, I think it's like 76% or something, of pastors in former Soviet bishops. Russia, pastors and bishops are Ukrainian, who, who you got to understand that quality of life in Ukraine is a lot better than in Russia. Mm -hmm. And they left all of the comfort of Ukrainian lifestyle and went and served in Russia. I have a good friend. He passed away. His name is Pavel Rachuk. He used to be my youth pastor back in the oh 80s and the 90s. And um, he had devoted his life to preach the gospel in Siberia. He went to places. It's like National Geographic. People have never been. These were He would find nations that would not be on a map, and he would preach the gospel to them and translate Bibles. And so most of the Russia was evangelized by Ukrainian evangelists. When the freedom came in 1992, uh, Ukraine became independent country. It didn't stop. Many, many young boys, 16, 17, 
right after graduating from high school would move right to Russia, Ural Mountains, Siberia, and they would preach the gospel and uh, uh, put together churches. Um, it's, it's interesting that our senior pastor right now at the Church of Grace in Renton is one of those young men who left to Ural Mountains at uh, 16 years old and started preaching the gospel there. And God blessed him. He formed the church and uh, it, it's amazing. So in 2017, he was forced by the Russian government, by he was heavily prosecuted. He was, they were going to kill him. He had to run for his life. He had to return to Ukraine with his family and then immigrate to United States. So Russia and Russian government, they hate Ukraine because of the goodness of God that they shown to the people of Russia. They just, they just can't accept it. It's, it's, you know, what's happening with Putin and the Russian government, it's demonic. Yeah. Um, and they want to destroy Ukraine just for the simple reason that Ukraine is bringing in freedom of the gospel, freedom of Jesus Christ to Russia. And uh, it's it's deep. It's not uh, just like some economical something. Ukrainians were pulling people out of the kingdom of darkness and bringing them into the kingdom of light. And, you know, the devil likes to keep everybody in darkness, in unknown. The devil likes to rule over things. Mm-hmm. But God called us to be free. He called us into his freedom. And he shows us his love and goodness. And we get yes. to make the decision if we are going to follow. You know, fear is not what's leading us to repentance. It is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. So, you know, it's it's Amen. demonic, and uh, the Putin is trying to uh, get a get you know control this thing because. Um, so, so we speak to a a Christian audience across the the ACN American Christian Network across Eastern Central Washington, so they understand this Christianity. But for what for those listening out there, listen to this. Of course, a dark anti-God, and communism is anti-God. Uh, will come after a nation that has been evangelizing, that is bringing the light, that is preaching freedom. When the Bible says, whom Jesus sets free is free indeed, right? This idea that freedom and liberty and and um, growth and opportunity and blessing right there, it's a threat to that system in Russia. So uh, it, it's not just about land. It's not about expansion. It really well, is. Russia is no battle. longer communist, but yeah, I would say that- still- but the, fa- fascist, right? I mean, if you have yeah. a strong, a strong dictatorial, whatever type of, uh, I mean, it still yeah, has right? this belief. When, yeah. Go ahead, Vitaly. Yes, they repeat right now all the steps uh, what uh, fascist uh, Germany did. They even invaded Ukraine in the morning, like Russia, like like Germany invaded. Soviet Union early morning, they did same thing, same tactics. Uh, in the early morning, they invaded Ukraine, and all the methodology what they doing right now. Uh, I don't think even the cities like Kharkiv on east of Ukraine mm-hmm. wasn't even under the bombshells. The historical buildings, museums were saved even under the uh, bombshells from the Germans but they've been destroyed right now from the 
Russia, I can't imagine. And they call in others' names, but they actually are acting like the one when you call them, you know? Like we have a similar tactics here by from a Democrat. They call in everybody like Antifa, BLM movements. They always call in other uh, uh, people around who don't agree with their uh, point of the view. You're a fascist, you're a Nazis, you're a fascist, you know? And they acting like that. Like look mm -hmm. at their deeds, not by the words. Yeah, so I just want to, I had like, this conversation today at a gas station. I pulled up to put gas in a, in a car and then next to me, uh, a Ukrainian um, contractor came up and he had a Ukrainian flag on his uh, Sprinter van. And he picked up the, um, you know, the, what do you call that thing that you fill the gas, gas, pump, yeah, gas yeah. pump thing, put it in his thing. And he started to cry. And I said, what's going on, man? He was like, well, I just feel so bad that I'm putting diesel in my truck. And with every dollar that I put into my truck, I am sponsoring the war machine. I'm paying Putin to kill my brothers and my sisters in Ukraine. Unbelievable. And I just, I thought to myself, whoa, what are you talking about? And so I was, you know, got on the internet and was doing a little research. United States is buying 680,000 barrels of oil crude from Russia right now. Today, mm -hmm. they bought. Every day. Every no day. No way. Yes, yep. yes, yes. Brother, this is truth. And that amounts to a little over $80 million every day Russia pays to Putin. That's money goes directly to sponsor the war, this war machine. And I'm, I was like stunned because I don't know much about, you know, these things that are going on, you know, the politics and everything, but they're slamming Putin and his oligarchs with all kinds of sanctions and it's all of it. All of it is a joke. I feel yep. we are being betrayed, you know. Exactly. That's what that's what former President Donald Trump said to the head of the NATO, Stoltenberg. He yep. gathered his cabinet and he said, how come you're buying, you're supporting billions of dollars buying natural gas and oil from the Russia, who you called enemy, but you actually growing up this uh, aggressor, this terrorist, which actually built his army to threaten the whole world right now with nuclear weapons, Putin, right. I'm talking about Putin. Right. That's what right. actually the civilized world, the Western Europe did. The NATO, who is the part of NATO bloc, they were, they've been buying, at the same time, they've been sponsoring uh, Putin and by buying this oil and natural gas, that's what actually Trump been trying to stop and uh, to aware the whole world, what you guys doing? How come you call yourself NATO, our allies? And we, the United States citizens, taxpayers, we paying the big chunk to protect you from your enemy, from who you buying and sponsoring his uh, build up of the army. 
Yep. So I want to say this for our listeners too. This is very important. The, the point that Vitaly and Anatoly brought up here um, in America um, under Trump, we were energy independent. We were exporting our energy costs. We were making money because we produce enough natural gas and oil on American soil to sell to other companies, countries. We weren't in danger. Uh, the first thing Biden did was stop the, the pipelines, Keystone pipeline, Dakota pipeline and stop all new leases for oil reduced production of oil in America, relied more on the Middle East oil and Russia, and then improved a, a pipeline so Russia can actually make more money um, producing more oil over there in Russia to Germany on the Nord Stream pipeline. So all it's like what, first, it's like what Anatoly said, and don't, or one of them, don't, yeah. don't, don't listen to my words, watch what I do. Exactly right. First few weeks in, in office is what Biden did first, and yeah. then – like they said, they're, they, they're talking about these sanctions now on Russia. This is the Biden administration across the left. And they did everything. They go, we're sanctioning toughly, but we're exempting the oil. If they exempt the oil, that's what that's what Putin makes money on. It's and funds like 50% the war machine. or more of yeah. their economy is their oil. So you, you could- $80 million every day. Goes just from us. Just that's not including us. Germany. Yeah. And yep. France and all these other guys, right? So that's 80 million in 10 days. That's eight, 800 million. Yeah. And so I will say this, uh, the, to your eyes' point, yes, Putin right now is the enemy. And he is, obviously, but they're attacking our brothers and sisters, you guys' family over in Ukraine. But that wouldn't happen if we didn't have this administration. This administration has laid the groundwork, and we need oh, to know they, that. They paid yeah. for this. They yeah. made Putin rich. Just, just look at this. In ten days, you're paying eight hundred million dollars. What do you pay a year? It comes to about two point four trillion dollars a year. And uh, I'm not very good with my math, but if you count all of that, it's you know what he, we, United States already financed this disaster over in Ukraine, and I'm I, I feel you know we are betrayed, because. Uh, you know, he's putting, this country is trying to stand up against the aggressor, but how can you stand up against the aggressor if you're feeding the, it's exactly, it's, it's funny. It's, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And, you know, when the, our president, Donald Trump, um, made United States energy independent, then mm -hmm. it made Putin think it made him you know, did not want to go, look, we had four years of peace and prosperity in Ukraine, four years. They even seized fire over there in the, those uh, Russian occupied areas. It was, and all of a sudden, as soon as the, this new president came on board, he took us off energy independence and he just started, building mm -hmm. up this war machine with our taxpayers and with our, uh, you know, energy dollars. Energy yeah. dollars. Yep. Yep. It's just what Doug just said. Don't, they keep on flapping their mouths about how they support Ukraine. And yet what they do was undermine Ukraine. So the whole world, they're saying, watch this, watch this, watch this. We'll give these words, but do nothing because uh, it's, it's, so we need to fight what the, what you said beginning, this is an ideological war played out and with battle over there in the minds, hearts and minds here. And we can make those changes, obviously, long-term politically and spiritually. 
Um, but right now, um, this problem has been exacerbated and created by people within our own country. We now let's talk. Let's talk that. for a second about the Ukrainian people. I mean, yes. you're, uh, you guys are in contact with people in Ukraine. The Ukrainian government basically handed out thousands of rifles, yes. bullets, things like that. This thing was already supposed to be over, right? This they the Russians were supposed to be able to come in there in a few days and just take care of it. Why is it? Why is it still going on? Why hasn't Ukraine given up or surrendered? What's the deal? Well, Ukrainians have tasted the freedom. And there's uh, people who were born in 1990s who, uh, you know, lived in freedom. And they were told the stories, the horror stories, what it means to live in the under socialist communist regime. And they just, it's there's They made a decision. It's better to die for freedom than to live in under the regime in a, in a, sla- a slavery. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I so it make to me, this whole situation is, you know, you know, I'm trying to like run a business. I'm trying to have a family run and run for Congress, all these different things. And to me, this is like a defining moment. This to me is like nine 11, right. Whenever nine 11 happened um, and uh, you know, it made me like, Hey, what am I spending my life for? Because if a jet plane can, you know, take out the t- twin towers, or if Russia can invade a nation, a peaceful nation that's that's you know evangelizing the world and things like that, you know, what what are we actually, you know, the, these defining moments? And and you know, so many people want to, especially in the Christian community, they don't want to have anything to do with politics. They don't want to have anything mm-hmm. to do with these world affairs and things like that. And yet, these things they get you. You know, they politics affects everything. It affects everything we do. And when we're not vigilant and we don't run for office and we don't, you know, take those positions of authority in a free nation where the people are in charge, it's called the consent of the governed, right? And and when the 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 governed start to think, oh, well, I'm just more interested in making money, or I'm just more interested in having fun, or or all these different things, uh, rather than taking ownership of the liberty and the freedom and and that type of stuff and so when i see the heroic effort of the the regular folks in ukraine and i think about Mm -hmm. that if i if that was happening here i would be like that too i would say it'd be better to die fighting than to live under slavery yeah so people don't want to give up their freedom when they're fighting they're standing their ground they know that as soon as they give up it's lost you know, I was today. I was watching a little bit of Ukrainian um, news, and uh, it was a young lady who was um, who was uh, going to the to Poland, and she was interviewed by um, one of the reporters at the train station. She was weeping, and um, the reporter asked her, "Why are you crying?" And she said, "Well, I'm crying because I left my husband." Um, and he's staying to defend our country and I'm leaving and I wanted to stay with him. But he said, you go just in case I don't make it. I want you to be happy and make a lot of babies to repopulate free Ukraine. (laughs) To myself, I was like, that's, that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. There's people willing to stay and die for their country and 
just to protect to protect their country, to protect the future for their children. Yes. And I'm I wanna I wanna say that Ukrainian really got united right now uh, as a nation. And uh, we are grateful for all people from different uh, communities uh, coming, uh, calling, supporting, uh, bringing some aid, some help, uh, uh, medical staff. Uh, I'm sitting right now uh, next to the group of men, like up to the one, up to eight people right now. So they actually were buying the body armors for uh, army today and i might fly next couple of days to uh, poland uh, to bring that uh, help for the army so the ukrainians are really united they are praying they're knocking to the government doors uh, asking senators here uh, for help uh, trying to uh, people get awake because we Ukraine left alone right now. Uh, this is like just unbelievable that it really can happen because uh, we always keep our like uh, trying to keep our promises. But Ukraine signed agreements. It called Budapest Memorandum with United States and Russia as well and other nuclear countries. So Ukraine was fourth country in the world who had the nuclear arsenal and get rid of that just because big countries like United States and Russia and China, other promised independence, sovereignty and economic stability for Ukraine if you get rid of the nuclear weapons. That's what Ukraine did. And right now it has nothing like from the Western world for the whole week asking for help, asking for no our allies. Zone. Please, uh, close the skies because we are under the bombshells from the uh, airplanes. Uh, they shell us our cities uh, with bombs. And for seven days, Ukraine, who's supposed to be like... Uh, Without it's nine them. days now. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sorry. So... Uh, uh, Putin had a plan for two days. He said he's going to take over the Ukraine. But I believe this is just a battle, a fight like a David and Goliath because Ukraine is such a small country compared to Russia and it's already more than a week. It's standing and it's winning. I think it's only God's mercy and grace that God keep this country together. I have a question um, for Doug and for the, uh, for both of you too. There's an old saying, right? The tough times make strong men. Strong men make easy times. Easy times makes weak men. Weak men make uh, um, bad times or, or um, tough times. And and is it because um, Ukraine's so close um, to, to experiencing freedom? They've got it for 30 years. They've got a generation now that's grown up in it, but they still see in the rearview mirror what it was and what's encroaching upon them. Whereas in America, it seems like we've gone through this different levels where we're now flirting with um, uh, the attractiveness, if you will, we're being sold this bag of garbage that somehow socialism wasn't done right. And if we do it right here in America, we'll have, it's, it's more fair. No, socialism, socialism is not right. Bible yeah. says, if you don't work, you don't eat. 
let me tell you what's going on in socialism. Socialism is a collective, everybody works and they get like their fair share kind of thing. But when everybody works and they get a fair share, nobody gets a fair share because there is nothing, no work being done. I'm a businessman and I sometimes get a big project and I get, you know, contractors and then I get uh, employees, you know, like the hourly people to get the work done. And then, uh, you know, I pay more for the contractors, but uh, employees, whatever hours they report, that's what they get paid. And so I would come in and I get two guys who are contractors and I would give them, you know, say this much, uh, a big room to do like tile floors. And they would come in like six o'clock in the morning and by five in the evening, they're, you know, they're washing their tools and, you know, they're out there, you know, it's the job's done. Everything's done, you know, and uh, when you get the hourly guys um, and you get, you know, five or six of them and they would work from six in the morning and then they would come back another day and take the same job that two guys, contractors would get it done in one day, your yep. other guys would take two, three days to do. And, and it, at the end of the day, it'll cost you a lot more. And what's the, what's the deal here is because it's now becoming socialism, mm -hmm. you know, they're not bearing any responsibility for the work. Um, they're just there to kill time. They're just there to, to, you know, to make the clock uh, tick and, and get their money, you know? So this is how it was in Soviet union. You know, they had these, uh, companies there would be government companies and everybody would be employed by government and everybody would come in and so everybody would look for opportunity to to you know um sleep on the job take something that doesn't belong to them because it's everybody's it doesn't belong to a certain individual it's everybody's so whoever grabs it first that belongs to them and uh, you know just just people you know people are people and no matter how much you want to try to build socialism, it does not work. It's not biblical. It's not God designed. You know, capitalism is that's where it is, you know, and then you, you have a good, healthy uh, market. When you have to bring your product to the market, everybody's trying to uh, make the best product possible so they could sell it so they could make money out of it, you know, and that's, that's what it's all about. You know, it's like, you know, they, this is crazy, but um, in the in the Rovno where I lived, now it's Rivne, they were building a this um, school for a music school. I used to go to, I used to be a musician. And um, the school number one was very old. It was built back in 1800s. And then in 1990, they built a new school. It was like 1989, they started building. And so... They built a school and they were waiting for the windows and um, the windows came in, you know, container came and there was a big block of glass <laughs> and the foreman, you know, the people who were managing the project came out and they looked at it and said, Hey, what are we going to do with this big block of glass? We need like, you know, 120 windows here. And the guy looked at the, you know, at his form and he said, well, they ordered one ton of glass to be delivered to this place. <laughs> <laughs> so take it, do whatever you want with it. <laughs> it sounds like Seattle politics to a T. And you mentioned something here about, you know, it belongs to everybody. 
you know, in Seattle where you can steal something if you need it, right? Yeah. It's not being processed. It's, it's so silly. So tell our listeners for now, obviously, um, you have family there. Obviously, how can they pray? And what, what should we be doing as American citizens right now to help those in Ukraine right now? Well, we should pray that God would destroy this evil uh, that is, you know, that is in the world. Pray that God would uh, help Ukrainians fight this good fight, that the angels of the Lord would fight along the Ukrainian servicemen. And we pray that God would uh, supply their needs right now. There's great needs. People are, haven't had for nine days, people been sitting in bomb shelters, in metro um, shelters, and they're running out of food supplies. They're running out of basic medicine, running out of water. And so we need to pray that God would help those people with uh, all of those things. And God uses people to help. So if you want to help, you can um, stop by Renton Church of Grace and make a, a financial contribution and your money, 100% of it will go towards helping the people who are suffering in Ukraine right now. So pray and do something. Um, also, call your call Joe Biden and tell him to open the Keystone pipeline and make America energy independent and stop feeding the monster. You can call Olympia, call somebody, get loud, go on the street and and just start you know rallying it up and say you know stop feeding Putin. And every time you fill up your car, just you know, let, let this sink into you. You are paying Putin to kill Ukrainian children. So it's, we, we, need to, we need to stop this monstrosity. This is not good, not good for, the, for us and not good for, uh, for the world. So as Christians, we need to pray first of all, and then do something. As you said, we can send money by going to the church there or and get it directly to them. Con- uh, Convoy of Hope also. Yep. I believe that uh, um, uh, Franklin Graham's uh, ministry, Samaritan's Purse, is also involved. So yep. there are other places. I think finding your local. So uh, obviously our network covers a, a lot of cities. Uh, find your local Ukrainian church that right. is looking right. for that. So if you're here in the western side of the state, you can. There's the Great uh, Grace Church in Renton, and um, but yeah, there's more than it's more than just despairing. It's more than being upset. Right. It's do something. Like do something. And do something. Uh, everybody can't do everything, but everybody can do something. Right. But and Zelensky said when, when Biden asked him what he needed, he says, don't send me a don't give don't fly me out of here. Give me more guns. Right. So they need to be able to fight tools and resources and pray. But we also we can we can diminish the power of Russia to actually carry out war by being energy independent. So both, yeah, both policy the, whole, the whole world. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole world benefits when America is strong, when America is energy independent. But um, yeah, I mean, this is a. You know, this is a, a situation that we're in. And I, you know, I, I, I was on a radio interview last night and I said, you know, it, it, I reminded him of what Jerry Boykin told us a couple of years ago, interviewed him. And I said, well, I'm not a conspiracy guy. And Jerry Boykin says, well, I'm not a conspiracy guy either. General Boykin, <laughs> he says, but sometimes the conspiracies are real. And if you've, mm-hmm. 
if you if you uh, hamstring American energy, if you de- if you deplete our military, if you open our borders, if you educate our children with wickedness, it, you mm-hmm. know all of this stuff adds up to somebody don't like America. And mm-hmm. if they if they hate America, why are they in charge? Why are they in government? And we've got to do something about that. And uh, you know, thank God there's uh, the 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 what the Lord reminded me of was unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman watches in vain. Unless the Lord builds the house, the the laborer labors in vain. And so, you know, we need God to move. And I think God is moving in Ukraine. I think that that it's miraculous that we're eight, nine, ten days into this thing, and they're yeah. still there. And they're still fighting and they're still going. And so we can pray and, and God's angels can show up and do miracles. I mean, we see the Bible's full of this and this idea that, that somehow we're supposed to be passive and just let evil win. Are you kidding me? To quote mm-hmm. David Harris Jr. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, we don't have to let evil win. All that evil needs to be to prevail is for good men to do nothing right isn't that what dietrich bonhoeffer said so we're going to do something well we want to just uh honor you anatoly and uh, vitali thank you guys for being with us today uh we'll try to get an update uh i i think you guys are great and we love ukraine and we want to see things good we'll be back next time (laughs) this is doug bassler and marty mcclendon doug and marty versus the world Это что-то, 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 что-